You're listening to audio from the Village Church, a community that's formed by the gospel and sent on God's mission, gathering weekly in the heart of downtown Hamilton, Ohio. For more information about the village or to connect with us, you can find us online at myvillagechurch.com. Welcome to session two of the Village Gate. Uh, we are talking today about community. Um, in our first session, we talked about gospel, and uh, in our next session, we'll talk about mission. And these three conversations together uh, make up or cover the content for our Village Gate class uh, that we do here at the Village, usually a, a couple times a year. Um, and it's a class where uh, anybody is, is welcome to come, uh, learn about us and who we are. Um, and uh, at the same time, if someone's interested in becoming a member of the village, then uh, this is one of the, the major steps on becoming a, a, a member is to know who we are and, and also then to later just be able to interact with us and uh, we get to know them a little bit better too. So uh, hopefully um, at the end of this little session here, uh, you will know a bit more about what we believe about community and the church and all those things and how some of that stuff plays out here um, at the village. So uh, with me uh, today, and my name is Scott, by the way, one of the pastors here is uh, Matt Tucker and Michael Graham, uh, also elders and pastors of the village. You guys can say hi. Hi. Hey, I'll just wave. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So so, uh, we're going to hop in uh, just by kind of looking at uh, again, last time we talked about the gospel, uh, and so if you again, if you've not um, listened to that, go back and listen to that. Um, talked about the gospel last time uh, and kind of God's big picture story, all that stuff uh, around what He's up to in redemption. Um, but, but we want to focus on at least at, at the beginning here, like who are we uh, in God's story? Who am I as an individual person in the story of God? That's a great question, Scott. Thank you. Um, yeah, love it. Thanks for answering. <laughs> no problem. I will do my best. Um, I think it's easy in light of like today's culture to like think of ourselves as like standalone rocks or islands or whatever. But and when we start to consider like, well, someone told me about the gospel, and someone had to tell that person, and there's this long line when you start to follow it back, it goes all the way back to obviously Jesus and what he did on this earth. You know, he died on the cross, rose from the dead, and right before he ascended back into heaven. He gave this command to disciples and those around saying, hey, you need to tell this to the ends of the world that, that I'm God, that we need to build our church and, and that the kingdom of God is here. Mm-hmm. And so, again, like, man, it's easy to think that me here today is I'm a Christian, I'm, I'm doing my thing, but we stand on the shoulders, as one mm-hmm. of you might have said, of a lot of people who have gone before us who have risked their lives. It has cost them dearly to share their faith, to build God's church and to bring us to where we find ourselves today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> that's such a cool perspective because it suddenly like zooms out and makes things bigger than just you know the the room that we're in or anything like that. But I think who am I in God's story? I am like a recipient of news. I have mm-hmm. heard news. I've received news, and not only, but I. Um, I mean, if we're in God's uh, family, then we have received that um, news, and it and it changes us. It reorients. Our life, um, so that we are no longer the center of it, but He mm-hmm. is the center of it, mm-hmm. and um, that's kind of a sweet thing. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, we could say a lot of things to answer that question in terms of who am I? Who am I according to the Lord? Son, daughter, yeah. you know, heir, <clears throat> all that stuff. Like we could say all sorts of things, but in terms of like God's story, like mm-hmm. we're not just. Um, man, we are both the object of God's mission mm-hmm. in the sense that He came to redeem us, but we're also the means 
of that as well in terms of like, man, we, we also mm-hmm. get to be called into this thing of disciple making. Yeah. Um, yeah, but to, to see ourselves as a fruit of what Jesus started, like, well, really what God started a long time ago, but what Jesus yeah. like specifically started 2000 years ago, calling disciples yeah. to himself. Like when you, when we read about him calling Matthew or Peter or whoever, like to come follow him, like, man, that's literally what he does with us today. It looks a little bit different, but it's, it's the same thing. He's calling us to follow him as disciples um what's the like what is it what, what is a disciple or what does it mean to be a disciple what do you guys want to describe that uh, i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> um well matt what are you <laughs> uh, like as i was saying in like the first like uh question it reorients us and and what that does is it changes us from Man, like humanity is really good at self-discovery, and so they think that, um, man, that the answers to the universe and the mm-hmm. answers of other things are within. So we have, mm-hmm. you know, the idea of of self-help and, and huge spances and um, uh, majors in college and all kinds of things that mm-hmm. that really just burrow down into who we are, mm-hmm. so that we might be enlightened by what's already there. Um, and what Jesus teaches is, is really just the opposite. <laughs> yeah. That that it's not within us, but but so we are reoriented around Him, mm-hmm. around truth that comes, and we can talk about this. But but from uh, the Spirit and, and through the Scriptures, and and so the center then of our universe shifts from self mm-hmm. uh, and everything else orbiting around that to Jesus, mm-hmm. and He is at the center of of the universe for those who are in Christ, and and He does hold all things together. Whether you're in Christ or not, right? And what we get to do is we get to come under that understanding. And as you know, you've said a million times, and we say we get to learn from Jesus, we get to follow Jesus, and lead others to Jesus. And so our life then is to be that of a learner. Yeah. And so most of the time, when you hear a disciple, you'll hear a an author or a pastor, or whoever, like shortly after, say the word learner, right? And and it's more than that, but it is in 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 one level. Uh, Jesus was a teacher. He was a rabbi, and mm-hmm. And he called, he said, you know, at, at the fishing dock and on the boat, hey, like Peter, hey, come and follow me. And what he's saying is, hey, I'm going to be your teacher. Yeah. And I'm going to be your, your rabbi. And, and so give up whatever it was that you're doing or, or at least adapt that yeah. um, and, and come and follow me and let your life be now centered upon me. Learn my words, um, follow and, and obey them, and then lead others to do the same. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. And just to tag on to that, as it seems like a disciple is a learner, where we certainly do learn from Christ, part of being a disciple is also pointing others to him as well. Mm-hmm. And so we get to say, it, it doesn't stop with us, that learning and, and growing and, and being like Jesus and following him like we just talked about, but it also, part of being that disciple is also saying, hey, I, I, I found this good news or I found this, this truth, come along with me and, and we get to point others to Jesus as well through our discipleship and our growth and learning. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's even to your self-help stuff. Like we're always doing that. Like we're always learning. We're always uh, following someone or something. Like that's just by nature as humans. Uh, ironically, like self-help is found in books that we have to go read or podcasts <laughs> yeah. we have to go listen to. So it's like, well, okay, but the help then isn't really in yourself. <laughs> You're having to go listen to someone else do that. Like that is yeah. even the even the thing that's labeled as self-help is not really coming from yeah. within yourself. Uh, that's just by nature kind of who we are as humans. And so there is always this shaping that's happening, whether it's voices we're listening to uh, interpersonally or inside of our head or, uh, you know, what we listen to on the radio or podcasts or shows we watch, whatever. We're always being shaped 
by someone or something. And that can either be the Lord or that can be something else. Like those are kind of the two categories, yeah. you know, that we have. Um, yeah. And at the end of the day, like it's not just this like, okay, head knowledge that we walk around with, but it is literally a, a way of life. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. who is, who gets to shape what we think, you know, about uh, the, the way we raise our family or uh, who gets to shape the way we think about the world or politics or uh, the way we handle money or what we want to do with our life, like those sorts of things. We, we might think about Jesus informing like a sliver of our life, uh, but not the whole thing mm-hmm. when in reality, like, man, like Jesus does get to, to shape everything about our lives. And that's, that's a lifelong process yeah. um, for us. So that never stops. Yeah, he's a sliver. He's the pie. Right. And everything else is just a sliver of the pie. One thing I, I do want to clarify is is I'm not, or nor are we suggesting that, like, to become a disciple of Jesus. And, and hopefully, I, I think we talked about this in the gospel. <laughs> but um, it's not just a matter of, like, listening to this great teacher, one of many who yeah. says, you know, pie the interesting things and tells us how to live. That's impossible. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that. But. Um, so what, what this, the reorientation process is a really important deal. Mm-hmm. You can't just suddenly, Hey, okay, I want to start listening to this guy and, mm-hmm. and, and follow him. So it, it really does flow from having a new heart, which is the work of the gospel yeah. that Jesus, um, he, he's not one of many. He is the way and the truth and the life. Um, he's not, uh, one of many doors that, that leads us into this new life. He is the only door. Um, and so we must come to the end of ourselves, trust him for the forgiveness of sins and eternal life, and then we can begin to hear him yeah. and yeah. walk with him and follow him. And so, <clears throat> so I think it's super important, even uh, talking about what does it mean to be a disciple, and like kind of baked into the definition of a disciple is, like you said, like it's kind of a, a learner or mm-hmm. someone who is following someone else. So there's this activity that just sort of is like baked in or directly connected with what a disciple is, um, but but that doesn't determine who we are. Like that activity doesn't determine who we are. So how well we are uh, at being a learner or how good we are at doing things and following things, our obedience or how much we can retain in our head or how many people have we led to Jesus, you know, this week. That's not the stuff that actually gives us our identity. Um, Jesus is the one who gives us our identity. He's the one that calls us and says, hey, you are a son, you are a daughter, you are my disciple. Um, but it's the activity then that flows from that identity. That's just something, again, we hit on that, I think, uh, again, in the first session as well, in the gospel session. Mm-hmm. But it's so easy to, like, kind of move past that and then just say, okay, what are we supposed to do? You know, and then you start doing all the things, but from a place of trying to, like, make something of yourself instead of realizing that God has already made you into something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a huge that's a huge leap to make. So That's true. Uh, so you kind of hit on this a little bit uh, earlier, Michael, the spirit, the word of the church. Like, can you talk a little bit about like how God has equipped his disciples, either one of you? Yeah, that's a really good question because it might be hard, or maybe you might be asking, well, Jesus isn't here today, so how do I then learn from him or hear him? Call him up on the phone. Good question, yeah. And so God has obviously thought through that. Um, he's given <laughs> us his spirit. For those who know him, God has placed the Holy Spirit inside of them to convict them of sin, to help them to see truth, to help them to believe. Um, to grow in faith and godliness, God has also given us the Bible, His Word, which we've talked about a lot in, a, in our last series, Blowing mm-hmm. Dust Off the Bible. So yeah, yeah. if you want to know more about that, that's a great place to start listening to that. But it's given us the Bible, which we can read our, for ourselves. We get to enjoy it, sit in it, and over the course of our life, know it better by God's grace. And also, He's given us the church to connect with. He's given us community groups and, and godly men and women to, to sharpen us, to, yeah. to encourage us, to call us out on things, to point us in the right direction, 
to help call us to repentance when we when we miss on things. And so, man, he has put all those things around us. Mm-hmm. Even though we don't see Jesus physically, man, we are well taken care of in those three things. Yeah. It's funny. You know, we, we joke around about ourselves and say sometimes it's like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Word, right? And so that's like a, that's a rebuke yeah. that neglects the work of the Spirit. Uh, and we know that, you know, there's some bend towards that, you know, in, in the way that we think about things. And so, um, but the, the, the reason why the Word is so central is because it is the only, um, uh, it, it is the, the highest authority that we can look to and trust. Mm-hmm. And so we, we say, well, the church is part of that, and the Spirit is part of that, and certainly the Spirit has all authority that He mm-hmm. is God. Yeah. And the Son had all of the authority. He does have all authority because He is God, mm-hmm. and likewise with the Father. But one of the primary works of the Spirit is to illuminate truth, mm-hmm. and that truth for us mm-hmm. is not like, what are you bringing echoes of what Jesus said mm-hmm. 2,000 years? No, it's the Word. And yeah. so like for us to, to come to a place to where we can acknowledge and trust and repent and believe and, and obey, mm-hmm. it is the work of the Spirit, and we are shaped as disciples by learning about the Word. Right. Um, and then the church is a tool that the Spirit uses, and uh, I, I guess they all kind of point to one another, and, yeah. and the church mm-hmm. points us to the Word. Um, and so those three things really do work together to build us up. Absolutely. It's cool. Uh, so that's kind of who we are as kind of individuals in God's story. We are disciples who are part of this great commission thing, this mission that God has to not just make us into disciples, but then also to, through us, make mature, multiply new disciples, giving us the spirit of the mm-hmm. word, his church, all those things. Uh, so the question is then, you know, we're talking about community. Uh, and so there, at some point we have to talk about like, <laughs> Hey, more than just, uh, individual people. So who would we say we are maybe collectively in God's story? Um, man, like we are his children. Um, we are, when we, by faith believe in him, we are brought into his family. And so we are a part of the church for sure. But what the church is, is it's God's children, basically that those who believe in him as well. And gosh, yeah. Like what? One cool thing I was reading in a book about prayer is, you know, God teaches his disciples, Jesus teaches his disciples to pray. And he says, you know, when you, when you pray, start with our father. And man, so many times I just blow past that. But two things there, it talks about, it defines God as, as our dad and, and invites everyone around us into our prayer as well. Yeah, we are, it's we, not father, it's, it's, it's not my father <laughs> yeah. or it's, it, yeah, it's, uh, hey, dad, it's me. But it's like, hey, God, we're coming together as a church to pray for this thing. And so, yeah, we are brought into a family um, instantly, and then we get to do life together because of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's the, the community piece the Bible talks about, us as being a family, as us as the church being building and individual yeah. blocks, uh, as us being part of a, the, the temple. And so we're each bricks, you know, coming together, mm-hmm. making the whole... Um, I, I think what is the saying? Um, this is off the cuff and probably completely wrong, but essentially, you know, if, if you're <laughs> I'm in glad Christ, you're saying it on, yeah, yeah. on record. <laughs> if, if you're in Christ, you know, you have more in common than you mm-hmm. know. Essentially, like with a, a 90-year-old woman from you know Uzbekistan who yeah. you know yeah. plants whatever for a living. Like, okay, yeah. we don't have much mm-hmm. in common. We can't even speak the same language, but we have more in common with someone who is completely not like us whatsoever. Yeah. Then we do the person who looks and acts and, and listens to the same stuff and dresses like mm-hmm. us and, and talks like us if we are not in Christ. And yep. that for me is like, okay, so that is a composite of the diversity of, of God's family, um, all different walks of life, all different tribes, tongues, nations, 
periods of time, you know, all coming together mm-hmm. to be God's family. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, so God's community, who we are together, family, brothers, sisters, mm-hmm. um, all that stuff. Like in terms of what that looks like when we are together or what mm-hmm. we're about, we can be. You, know, you could ask a million churches, you know, hey, what are you about? Like, what do you, what do you do? Why does your church exist? What, you know, and you get like probably just as many answers uh, about what they are devoted to. Um, the cool thing is in Acts two, uh, mm-hmm. we get the snapshot from Luke, the guy that wrote that particular book of just kind of what the early church was like. And this is after um, Peter preached a sermon. There's like, you know, the church went from 120 people to like. 3,000 plus, like in a moment. A mega church. That's which a is pretty crazy. Problem. Um, <laughs> but this is, yeah, it's a growth problem. Uh, it's one of those good problems to have. Uh, <laughs> but this is how he describes kind of what the church looked like, um, like in its earliest infancy. Uh, this is again Acts 2 42 to 47. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So pretty cool snapshot. Uh, if you read any book on community or church stuff, you will probably find that passage somewhere in there because it's just yeah, such a pretty picture uh, of what the church um, at least looked like back then. Uh, so lots of good stuff to observe in that. But what would we say, like <clears throat> that new community that God was forming, what were they devoted to from that passage? The, well, from the passage, uh, they were devoted to the Word, to one another, and to corporate worship. Uh, I, I think the beauty of that is, and we'll talk about this in a few, but like, it is putting, um, putting skin on the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. It is making it manifest. It's, it's showing who God is, and, and, you know, and it's coming to bear in the way that, that God's people interact with one another. The Old Testament... If you see the way that God interacted with his people in the Old Testament, this was his desire yeah, that yeah. they would just be about his word, yeah. that they would just be about loving one another, and that they would just get to worship him mm-hmm. together yeah. as one. That's that's what he was striving for. Yeah. That's what the Garden of Eden was about. Yeah. But, you know, in, Ten Commandments. They're it, fulfilling the yeah. Ten Commandments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's taken a few yeah. twists and turns since then. Sure. Um, yeah. But God has always been about these things. And so yeah. uh, that's why we say jokingly, uh, you know, two chapters later, the Holy Spirit's <laughs> killing people on a doorstep, right. lying about whatever. But that's why this is so sweet because, man, it is a reflection. It, it's it's putting skin on the kingdom of God in, in the Word, the apostles' teaching, one another. That is the fellowship uh, and corporate worship, breaking bread and prayer. They were a family, and they were devoted to God, and they walked in His authority. That was His Word. And at that time, the, the apostles' teaching, the prophets in the Old Testament for us, it's the prophets mm-hmm. and the apostles' And then they spent, they lived life together. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, I mean that's where we see even in this. So the these are we talked about the Great Commission, you know, already that Matthew twenty eight passage. But then the Great Commandments to the the, the two commandments that Jesus said were mm-hmm. like the most important: uh, loving God and and loving your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, those two things we see fulfilled even here in the fact that they they. I mean, they gathered together, they cared, they were devoted to one another, to the fellowship, but then they also gathered together to worship God, like to express their thanksgiving and 
love and devotion to him uh, as well. And so, man, it, it's just a cool thing to see both of those things being fulfilled and yeah. really kind of like one coming before the other in a sense to where we see like their devotion to the word, their devotion to each other mm-hmm. as a community, and their devotion to, to then worshiping God together. That's actually what ended up leading to more people being added to the kingdom. Like God added to their people daily as they were devoted to these things. So it's not like they shifted gears. Okay, like that's enough of Bible time. We got to go get people or whatever. No, they, they devoted themselves to the word. And because they were shaped by that, uh, shaped by one another, gave a rip about each other, formed a, a healthy community where they cared about each other's needs. Man, God used that to, to build up the church even more as time went on. So you just kind of see that there's a there is a, a root devotion that like bear, bears fruit in a number of other ways, not just adding people to the kingdom, but through, man, sharing all things, having all things in common, all that stuff, yeah. which is cool. Yeah, to re, to like, we can't overemphasize this enough. This is what they did, yeah. and the result was God's work right. multiplying yeah. his kingdom, which is, I mean, it wasn't that they were like, oh, let's do these things and don't tell anybody. Yeah. But it's like, these were the devotions, and this is who these people were, and because of that, they were very intriguing to those around them. Yeah, absolutely. Just, I mean, to translate that to the village even in some way, like we, man, we, we had to say no a lot mm-hmm. to a lot of things that being, we still have to say no to things that, um, man, other people that are good things that people would say, Hey, why don't we do this? Why don't we mm-hmm. uh, form a partnership here? Why don't we have all of our folks go that go here and do this yeah. thing? Like all of that stuff, which is, which would be really good to serve the community to, you know, it could be having a class or doing a study or doing this or doing that. And there's all these good things that we could do that we could literally say like, hey, we need to devote our time and attention to this thing. Um, we, we could have done all those things. But in the end, if that would come at the cost of then being devoted to the word, um, come at the cost of like being able to spend time together as a, a church family, mm-hmm. as a community um, together to, to worship, if, if all of a sudden we're just disgruntled and frustrated yeah. because we feel like the church is sucking the life out of us instead of actually giving something, then, man, it actually gets in the way of building the sort of community that God actually wants to build and therefore building the kingdom, you know, outside of ourselves. And so that's like, it it, it really does shape, like this whole idea shapes kind of what a church is about, what what it will guard against, what it will fight Mm -hmm. for, what it will protect, and also what it will or won't do as a result of that. I think it'd be really easy to minimize these things. Well, of course, you know, it's the word and Mm -hmm. we need to gather together, but, but these are like foundational things that we see from this passage. Sure. And it doesn't mean that we can't do other things, have missional outlets. But if Absolutely. we're not doing this, then I think, man, this is like the foundation for these other things. And if we miss on, on being in the Word, if we miss on just spending time together, mm-hmm. worshiping God, then, man, like it's going to be an unhealthy church, whether or not we're connecting in the city or whether or not we're doing whatever. And so, man, yeah, it's just so good. Yeah. So uh, how do these things, these devotions take shape for us here? How do we talk about that uh, here at The Village? Those things. And I think Scott maybe took this language or you made it. I don't know. It's really good. Whatever whatever you did, I don't know. But um, it's, we talk about it. No, it's, it's nothing he said. <laughs> just, you know. I invented new words. <laughs> I basically made the English language. But just as we say already that we're, you know, we committed to the word, committed to one another, and, and also to corporate worship, we kind of tie those things together and we say that we are under the word as, as believers in, in community groups, as the church, where um, we sit and we study and, and we listen to messages and, and we participate. And then we're around the table as well, where just like the early church, we desire to connect with families. We desire to be known, to invite others who do know Christ and also don't know Christ into our lives to have meals, to just live life together. 
And then also that leads us then to, to mission as well, where we get to certainly talk to their neighbors about Christ. That hopefully they would ask questions of, hey, why do you parent like that? Or why do you go to church on a, on a Sunday? Or why do you think like this? And so this just, as we live life together, it provides natural outlets for us to be able to then talk about our faith, talk about why we think differently or, or what God has saved us from even. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's how, so we talk about from under the word, we're around the table, and then we are among neighbors. That's good. Thanks, Matt. Cool. Uh, so we've we've mentioned the church uh, a number of times, and at the end of the day, if uh, anybody listening to this has ever been to a different church, then you know that man. Well, the way that church probably did church or thought church was supposed to be is different than what we thought. And if you went to yeah. another church outside of that, they would probably yeah. think it's a little bit different. And so, in terms of like, man, the church it comes in all different shapes and sizes. But uh, what what is the church like? How would we actually end up like defining what the church is? Long pause. No one knows. <laughs> That's uh, a big question. This for me is tough to answer without getting into these two things. Yeah. Go do, for do you it. want to set it? I mean, no, no, no. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, um, for real, you know, we've, we've read some books, and uh, some of those books highlight the fact that there are virtually like very few definitions, definitive definitions mm-hmm. of what the church is. And so, that's why you're going to get like, oh, a, a million different answers from a right. hundred different questions, you know? And, um, and so, for us, it, it is a really big deal because when we sit down, when I get to sit down with a, uh, even recently, get to sit down with another uh, church planter in the area or whatever, and they start asking questions, but really, like, I'm I'm the one that starts reflecting and asking questions, but I'm, what I'm really trying to figure out is, how do you view the church? Right. Because, like, if you think the, the church is a show, it's an attractional, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a time to meet on a Sunday morning, if that's what the church is to you, then these answers are going to look quite different. Absolutely, yeah. And so, man, as simply as possible, like the church is, is God's people, mm-hmm. like God's mm-hmm. redeemed people uh, living to, to worship Him, sent on mission, and we can get to the organized and, and whatever. And yeah. so, um, I, I, you, do you want to add or subtract something before we get to the well, next part? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think. It, it goes again to something that I think we've already talked about today, but on, in the first session as well, that who we are determines what we do, right? Our identity determines yeah. activity. And so who you think the church is or what you think the church is determines what you think the church should do or be about. You know what I mean? Yeah, and true. so, I mean, just like I was talking about a minute ago, like if you think the church is supposed to be devoted to all these different things and all these good things, that's fine. But if you don't, if you're not devoted to the things that God says like are most important, that's going to shape you. And really that comes from, God's devotion mm-hmm. to us first, you know, like that has to be central. That yep. that main thing, the gospel, has to be the the main thing for us all the time. It when it when it takes a backseat, that shapes everything else that we do outside of that. And so, yeah, I think that what you're speaking to, Michael, is just it, it, it's that same principle again. Who we are determines what I do. Identity mm-hmm. should determine act- activity, uh, not the other way around. You know. Yep. Yeah. And I was just gonna say too, man, it'd be so easy to miss on the church and just it's it's not just an organization or it's not just this thing that is cool and trendy today but man I was just looking at Acts 2028 and we memorized this as we became elders but I just want to read it and this tells God's heart for the church said pay careful attention to yourselves and all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to take care of the church which he obtained with his own blood and so, gosh, as much as we say this is what the church is, we don't want to miss that, that God's affection is for the church. He, he gave himself for the church, and that's the thing that he uses in our, in our culture today 
to to reveal himself. Yeah. And man, it's, and I know we'll talk about what it is and, and more of it. That is just a precious thing as well that I didn't want to miss. No. I mean, that's. I think it's really easy, maybe especially in 2020, to become really cynical, like yeah. about the church. You yeah. know, to think that like there's the there's the organization, organized religion, sort of church, and then there's like the real sort mm-hmm. of like God's people community over here. But but we have to acknowledge the fact that like the new community that God was making in Christ is the church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like, yeah, church uh, and its organizational stuff or what, I mean, you said literally it's two chapters later, the Holy Spirit has to start killing <laughs> people off because they're like lying about money stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so the church messes up, you know, because yeah. it's made of humans. It's, it's fallible. Um, but at the same time, like the church is what Jesus came to build. Like he's, he said that he himself is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be mm-hmm. preeminent. That's Paul in Colossians 1.18. Um, you know, and, and Jesus himself said to Peter, uh, on you, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So the church is not this like new modern thing or some man-made organization or whatever. It's, it's a Jesus-made mm-hmm. organization. Yeah. And he said that it shouldn't, be something that is go- it's not going to be something that's torn yeah. down or destroyed yeah. it is something that will prevail uh not just against flesh and blood but against like literally the the gates of hell mm-hmm. i uh th- this is a thing that if you're around the village might look a little different if you if you think about the question what is the church and your mind goes to a logo mm-hmm. uh, or like a uh you know a, a, a graphic or a, a, building a yeah or yeah or a building or whatever like that is that's fine because that's culturally, but that is not the way we talk about the church. Yeah. And so, like when you hear us say things um, like "Hey, we, we gather together as the church," like those are not accidents, and that's not us being petty, and that's not us like that is us trying to be biblical. And so mm-hmm. we we gather together as the church because because the church is is God's people, and mm-hmm. and when we say we are a community that's formed by the gospel and sent on God's mission, what we're really saying is. That's what uh, that's what the church is, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and so um, uh, there are other things that can flow out of that. Many, many, many other things, but for us, uh, I, I think, and we've never really said this, and so we can cut this out if it's wrong. But, <laughs> but man, and, and you think of like in context, mission takes form in context. Um, there are not people speaking Hebrew or Aramaic or Greek. Yeah. Um, and yet, the gospel is still being proclaimed, and so just that alone means that it, that that message takes fo- like it, it goes forth in context. Mm-hmm. But I would hope that if Jesus showed up among his people, that let's say that that is the village church today, or if Paul was hanging out, or Peter, or James, or or John, or any of those people, or Mary, or you know, they would they would be able to recognize mm-hmm. recognize us as God's church, right? If you find yourself sitting in a church setting, that they would come in and say, "What, man? What this is, is this? this is awesome. What is it?" And they're like, "It's the church." And they're like, "What? What do you mean? Like, how is it that that shouldn't be the case?" And that's mm-hmm. where when we talk about things that it sounds historic, and we do benedictions at the end of God. Some of those things yeah. are are they have historic mm-hmm. roots, but at the end of the day, it's us sitting under the word and and mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, what's the other thing? Around the table. Uh, around the table, table. yeah, and among our neighbors. And yeah. so, yeah. yeah. That's good. No, I think that's true. And that, because at the end of the day, how do we define the church? Like, I can I could write 
a dozen definitions of the church. I could ask, I could read books where people define the church differently or whatever, but like how we know what the church is comes from the word. Mm -hmm. And so if it sounds like old timey or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, like it, it should in some way, because it's literally like we are grafted in a part of God's people that he started like with Abraham. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, that's kind of the way it should be a little bit. Um, so we've talked about even in, in discussing the church, like we've kind of said, Hey, well, the church is God's people, but then, you know, this church, the village church, that church, different church. So how is there one church and at the same time, like also apparently lots of other churches too? Like, how does that work? Mm -hmm. Um, for us, how we talk about it is there is one universal church, which is all people who love Jesus for all of time. They are a part of that. If, if they are bought with Christ's blood, if they, if Jesus is their Savior, then whether it's from Abraham or, or whatever up to today, then that person or that family is a part of the church. There are also local expressions of it, like the village church is a part of the universal church, but it's also like a local expression to where we will do things a little differently, hopefully under, obviously, biblical standards, mm -hmm. but we will have maybe a, a, an eye on how we want to, to reach Hamilton, or we will have a maybe like a stronger leaning towards something else as God directs our steps. And so our church might look a little different from other churches, but there are many expressions of local churches all throughout the world. And I, overall that's a, that's a great thing because God uses those churches in different ways to reach different people. Yeah. That's great. And like in terms of family, maybe um, when I say, Hey, I'm getting together with family. Well, that might mean at one point that was a mother and a father and a couple kids that were mm -hmm. one family, but then mm -hmm. in time you still get together with that family but they might live in different homes and you know mm -hmm. maybe yeah. different places and and in some way it is that we fail if we forget that there's one church yeah and mm -hmm. it and it doesn't have a village logo on it you right. know yeah. like <laughs> yeah. um, there's just one church and and that's for all time mm -hmm. um, not just everywhere in the world at, at this yeah. moment but then the the local piece is is I like to think when I look at it in a positive light um, the diversity of God's you know, gifts and expression of his yep. character that, that there are other churches that, that meet needs that we, we can't. Mm -hmm. And mostly when you talk about the, the body of, of Christ, most you often hear like, oh, and some are the feet and some are the ears and, and whatever. And we think about that in terms of, well, you look around and say, well, who's in this building right now? Because we, we have to be a whole body, but we're not. Yeah. Like one church might be a leg. Yeah. yeah. And like when you think about things like that, it, it leads us to be way more hospitable and gracious. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, when you look at the way that the church is organized and, um, you know, it takes sacraments and it's organized under qualified leaders and, and all mm -hmm. those things, that doesn't mean that because we are pastors, because we're elders of this church, that we, um, that we get to lead every Christian on the planet. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. that, that, that allows it to be scalable. Mm -hmm. And I, I think these are, well, I know these are biblical principles. Mm -hmm. um, when Paul planted a church, like, you know, establish elders. And what he's doing is saying, make sure that you're well taken care of by people who, who know me and, and who are walking with me yeah. and so on and so forth. And so that that is the liberty of God taking care of his people through localities. <laughs> if it was just one universal uh, well, that's not right. One <laughs> ginormous church throughout the whole globe, yeah. then it would be really difficult for a handful of people to right. to lead and protect okay. that. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, growing up Roman Catholic, um, I miss these days, but, uh, you know, there were there were days when literally the Mass was still said, yeah. spoken in Latin. 
And so, like, if you didn't speak Latin, you didn't know what was going on. You know what I mean? And, like, it's that it, it allows for contextualization, the, the reality that there are local expressions mm-hmm. of a universal church. It's not just geographic, but it's also across time and stuff, too. And so that's a, that's a really good thing. And also the fact that we recognize that the village church is not the church, mm-hmm. you know, the one church. It gives us really open hands about this body. You know, like, man, we'll fight tooth and nail for it. We want to steward and care for it well. But at the end of the day, like, yeah, not if, but when this church yeah. one day, like, closes its doors or yeah. the doors that we lease. Um, <laughs> and, whatever, and whatever of those doors. <laughs> and whatever basement, whatever basement we find ourselves in. Like, man, that's not the end of the church, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it, it allows us to have open hands about, like, even the way that we think and, and pastor and all that stuff yeah. here. Um, it's because we know that what's not at stake is the future of the church because yeah. Jesus himself said, hey, nothing's going to prevail against it, you know? That's really we yeah. get to build his kingdom. And yeah. Yeah, we get to do that through the yeah. village church, right. but, but not, yeah. Yeah, not, not uh, the village church isn't at the top and then the kingdom down below. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have, uh, we have community groups here at the village too, which is not a, um, so you kind of have the universal church, everybody all the time, or everybody from all time, it's part of God's family, local churches, which are local expressions of that one universal church. <clears throat> For us, we have like community groups, mm-hmm. which are even smaller expressions of our local church. Um, you know that that meet uh, at at different times throughout the week, um, and yeah, I mean they're they're not these things are not uh, prescribed by the Bible. It's not like you know th- there's the church and there's also community groups. Like yeah, Jesus didn't say I'm going to build my church and my community group leaders or whatever through <laughs> like he just doesn't do that. Um, but at the same time, like the the life even that we read in Acts two, like people gathering together on a regular basis and caring for each other, all that stuff. What we see in our community groups are like they are uh, some formal, organized um, expressions of what would happen organically if people were trying to do what God mm-hmm. said we should do, you know, together as a family. So uh, they are opportunities for us to regularly get together um, in an even smaller, more local way, mm-hmm. depending on where we live or what time is you know works for us or family or whatever. Um, to, to be able to be the church, to learn from Jesus, to follow Jesus, lead other people to Jesus together with a shared. A group of people, part of the same local church. So um, that's kind of where groups fit into like to that too. So, uh, so man, in terms of organization, like, so kind of talked about what what the church is. Um, you start talking about how churches are led or who, yeah, all that stuff. Like, how in the world should churches <laughs> be organized? Um, man, we try to be mindful of this constantly, but as we've said already, that Jesus is like the lead pastor or mm-hmm. the, the great shepherd, however the language is. And so we first of all try to be mindful that whoever is the pastor, that they are not the ultimate leader, like Michael, Adam, Scott, myself, mm-hmm. whatever. We're not the the go-to. Um, Jesus is the go-to. And so we know that ultimately he is the one that will build his church. He is the one that equips all of us. And it's, it's wonderful to know that like once we become believers, God equips us even more specifically to build his church and to build his kingdom and to build his family. And so everyone has a part to play in building his kingdom. Um, there's no person that is, that is a believer that has nothing to contribute right. to to um, loving people and to sharing the gospel and to living life on mission. But with that being said, the Bible does clearly state that there are like three main roles in the church. There's elder, there's deacon, and there's member. And, and all of us get to play a part in that, and certainly that is what's helpful. And as we look at the church to say these are the distinct roles, and the Bible clearly 
talks about the qualifications for each of those roles as well. It doesn't say, hey, yeah. these are the things figured out. But then largely around character, the Bible talks about elders and deacons and, and members some as well. That's great. You want to explain a little bit about elders, deacons, what they do, because that differs from church to church mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, super important. I'll say just a quick history. These things, um, when we planted the village you know, a, a decade plus ago, um, I had never functioned in a church, one that had community groups or that had a plurality of elders. Um, mm. Deacons do something different in the village than they did at the churches that I were part of. And so mm. um, uh, membership, and we can talk about that uh, in a minute, but so it was for us discovery. And, and so we, we uh, had some relationships with some other churches through Acts 29 and, and otherwise that basically painted out a picture of what the church was supposed to be organized and organized like and, and we sought the scriptures and, and, and whatever and and we found we found this nugget that that there's not this idea of a of a single pastor with yeah. the with the biggest painting in the foyer. <laughs> and His then all name the, on the marquee. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And all, yeah, I mean yeah. yeah. E- easy Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to pick fights, but he clearly is. That's the way he rolls. Yeah, you clearly have been to a church where there's a big portrait of somebody. So, <laughs> so this idea of, of a plurality of elders, and um, man, I know we have to be brief, but it's in, it's it's scriptural in the sense that there's there's never just a pastor. It's yeah. not the pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the word pastor, in fact, is a verb that means to shepherd and care for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we use the term elder and pastor interchangeable, uh, interchangeably. Um, elders are... are Qualified um, male uh, 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 in accordance with what the scriptures teach us about the character and, and, mm-hmm. and who they are to be and, and what they are to do. And so we say, man, our job is to care for and to mobilize um, the, the flock. And for us, that's the village church by knowing, feeding, leading, protecting. Mm-hmm. And, and that just helps us. There's more stuff in that, mm-hmm. some specific, more broad, but that just helps us know what we are responsible mm-hmm. for. Um, functionally, what a gift. And if I yep. may just speak personally for a second, what a gift to figure this stuff out with, with you guys and with Adam and, and for others who might come along in the future. Um, one of the sweetest gifts that the village has brought into my life is the way that we're organized. Um, mm-hmm. And that spills over into deacons as well. We didn't have deacons mm-hmm. for years trying to figure out who and what and all those things. But really, we had people leading ministry teams. And when we look at Acts 6, which is like kind of the beginning composite of what later on we see more formalized in, in 1 Timothy 3, um, man, it's it's for us at the village, it's it's those who lead in mobilizing mm-hmm. um, ministry teams yeah. to happen. And so we say deacons, um, they recruit, train, and support. Or they, they cultivate cur- uh, servant leadership by recruiting, training, and supporting resources and people. And so mm-hmm. they lead ministry teams largely. Uh, and then members, although you're not going to find, like, where does it talk about members in the Bible? Yeah. You're not going to find that passage. But um, as we say, God keeps a list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he yeah. keeps a list of names. And for us, super practically, we want to be faithful to know, feed, lead, and protect. Yeah. And so with that comes some level of commitment. Our responsibility, as I said, is not to do that to everyone on the planet, nor every Christian in our city. We can't mm-hmm. do that. Uh, the four of us can't do that. Right. And so there has to be some point at which we say, hey, this is who we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what it looks like to be a part of us and to be aligned with us. And and then the member says, yeah, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to be aligned with that, uh, with that theology and, and with that 
uh, understanding what the church is and what that mission mm-hmm. I'm in, and we get to then at that point hold one another accountable and mm-hmm. listen, and yeah, and 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 so we don't vote as a church. Uh, the elders lead, but we are member informed, and and as our website would say, deacon served and member informed. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and so deacons do a, a, a junk load of leadership around here to make things happen. Um, members, we want to hear from them, know them, know who they are. Um, yeah. Yeah. And what's beautiful is that though the Bible clearly defines these three roles and talks about the character, obviously as Jesus as the head, there's a lot of play here for each church to kind of set it up in a mm-hmm. way that best fits their strategy, their mission, obviously under biblical guidelines. And so mm-hmm. for one church, it might not be wrong if they organize a certain way, again, under biblical guidelines. For us, we organize a certain way for what allows us to carry out the mission to the best of our ability right. by God's grace. And so it's just it's neat that there is specific stuff, but also uh, God allows us to think yeah. and to, to use wisdom and to be practical with things as well. Yeah. Which is why it's so important that you kind of know where we get those things from, yeah. like how we arrive at those definitions and conclusions. We've made some of that stuff available. If you uh, have or are following along at all with the the actual PDF or Google mm-hmm. Doc packet that we have about this section, there are some links where you can take a look at how we arrived at some of those things. Um, they're also on the website as well about deacons, about complementarianism or the roles of men and women, all that stuff in the church that spill into you know elders and pastors and all that. Um, but then also like just how it specifically plays out here at the village. Yeah. Like we have to talk about that because it's not assumed from one church to the next that it's the same. Yeah. And so, uh, again, even on our website, but also in the, the Google doc, um, hopefully you're able to, to see, uh, somewhere, one of those places, uh, just our org chart, which, uh, maybe that's helpful for some of you. Maybe some of you don't really care about that at all, but it just shows kind of how, how we function or operate mm-hmm. in some way as a church. So clearly we have Jesus. He is the, the chief shepherd of uh, the church, uh, the one church, and we are under shepherds as mm-hmm. elders, as pastors. Um, we are responsible for knowing, feeding, and protecting those under our care. Uh, but then that's kind of where that uh, org chart splits into two, and we have one side that's really just more heavily into just getting stuff done, you know, mm-hmm. logistics, the, the practical needs of the church, um, what what has to happen. Uh, and so that's where our deacons, our servant leaders, um, they step in mm-hmm. and they mobilize the church uh, for those things. And then on the other side of the org chart, we have more of the the people side, just the, the mm-hmm. care side, making sure folks are taken care of or whatever. And so that's where our, our group leaders and our community groups fit. Um, and then there's some stuff in the middle, administrative things mm-hmm. and uh, some teaching and other stuff that, that goes in there as well. But those are the kind of the two big sides of the church, the people and then mm-hmm. the, the practical uh, logistical side of things. And that's that's really that org chart has been that way for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> a long time. Yeah, and what makes me so excited about it, and you guys know that I am excited about it. I know. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, we know. <laughs> is that, like I said, like it wasn't just, hey, we like this is a thing and let's just do that. But it, it literally did, like the, the beauty of the Bible and the way that it, it gives us freedom, as you mm-hmm. said, Matt, but like, it, it came out of like, no, there are biblical, this is what it looks like. There need to be elders, there need to be deacons. Mm. But beyond that, like, it was just, man, as the church grew and as we had needs, then this sort of took shape as mm-hmm. well. And so yeah. um, it's it's not only, we hope it's not only biblical with room to, to tweak or whatever, but it's uh, super practical. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. Uh, last, uh, last quote unquote page um, of this <laughs> section. Uh, in terms of rhythms of our church, so we talked about kind of uh, what the church is, uh, how it's organized. In terms of like our rhythms, what we do, how often we do things, um, can you guys speak to just sort of our calendar or what we make time for as a church? 
Scott, this is yours. What, I was what, literally what? just thinking, this is what he says every Sunday. It only feels appropriate that, Scott, you just... Okay, now, now you're all pigeonholing me as the <laughs> gather and scatter pastor, and I'm not here for it. Um, okay, fine. I'll take it. So, every week, it's, it's not as funny as you think. In my head, I was just thinking. Uh, um, so, we, we say, I say every week uh, on Sundays... That I, that we uh, that, that our two rhythms we, we gather and scatter. So we gather together um, throughout the week on Sundays, uh, throughout the week in groups, um, so we can build each other up as disciples. Because, like we talked about, He has equipped us with the church, the Word, mm-hmm. and the Spirit to to literally pour into each other and invest in each other to to be built up that way. But also we are we are gathered together so that we can scatter, mm-hmm. um, you know, to the places that we spend our week, our, our neighborhoods, work, school, wherever we find ourselves. Um, so that we can be more faithful and effective servants and missionaries of Jesus. Uh, literally say that every single week. That's, that is our heart. And so as a church, like you, having those two rhythms is like that matters a ton because it's, uh, it, it literally makes us cut in half. Um, not just like, we're not just all about getting together. Mm-hmm. Hey, how often can we get you together? But it also makes us protect the time that we're not. And, and also to say that that time is just as sacred and just as important to the church. The time that we're not gathered together is just as important yep. as the time that we, that we are because, man, that, that is the opportunity that we have to be among neighbors. Um, and we can still be family. We can still you know, be disciples and that kind of yep. stuff when, when we're not together too. But, man, f- for us, like, we, are, we would say that we're not an attractional church where we're like, hey, come and see what's going on Sundays and that's it. Like, that's our main draw. Um, we want Sundays to be something that people want to come to and they feel like they can invite people to. But at the same time, like we also want to be a missional church mm-hmm. that is is a church that doesn't uh, just invite people to come and see, but actually will go and get. Uh, yeah. We'll go and proclaim, declare, invite people into God's kingdom. And so um, that is where those, those, just those two rhythms, like that we gather as a church and mm-hmm. we scatter as a church, it says a lot in those two words, but um, it's really important. So I think if we just had... Mm-hmm. We are a church that gathers on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Then it almost gives the impression that all the rest of the week is like almost like free time, or yep. it's, it's your time, or it's on pause Absolutely. until we get back together. But by us intentionally saying we gather and then we also intentionally scatter, that gives purpose to the rest of our life. There are things that we're doing there. It's not just for mm-hmm. our name or our glory, but we intentionally God has given us that great commission through the rest of the week to consider who's around us. To consider growing, being under the word, around the table, mm-hmm. all those things. I think it's really helpful to say both those things intentionally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the fact that, I mean, there's a lot in this, but we gather to be built up, mm-hmm. which means that we gather together. Uh, and this this would, man, almost mm-hmm. offend some. We gather together on Sundays with the church in mind primarily. Yeah. Um, so we gather together for the church mm-hmm. because that's what the church is supposed to do. That's what it's done from the beginning with a mindfulness of those who are not a part of the church. Mm-hmm. And so then it becomes a matter of, man, why do we sit under the word? Well, we want to know him that he might be worshiped in our own lives. Mm-hmm. But so that as we scatter out, we are mindful that our job is to be missionaries. Right. And that's not just like, certainly we get to say, Hey, come and, and gather with, with my church on a Sunday so that you can hear the gospel. Certainly we get to do that, but that is not the primary work of a missionary. It's to, to invest in people, to care for them, mm-hmm. to, to care for their lives, to open up your life and ultimately share the gospel with them. Like yeah. even when there's not a village logo, yeah. uh, you know, near your head or whatever. And that's a that's a beautiful thing. And so all those things, we say that and we take time every single week to say those things because they really do undergird the way that we think about a mm-hmm. lot of other implications. Yeah. 
Absolutely. That's, I love Hebrews 10, um, 24, 25. He says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works and not neglecting to meet together as Mm -hmm. is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Like just baked in that is his assumption that, hey, like the way that we stir, one of the ways we stir uh, up one another to love and good works is by gathering Mm -hmm. together. Like that's how we do that. When we meet, we ought to be stirring each other up to those things. And so that is... That that's the heart behind wanting to gather together so we can scatter in more effectively. So I say one more thing. Even the question, like, what are the rhythms of the church? Some people might see, oh, you guys are always talking about rhythms. And I would just say, real practically, rhythms make room for things that matter. Yeah. And so, just like in your own life, like you're like, oh, you probably have dinner between five and six or or whatever that looks like, mm-hmm. um, because otherwise you might not do it. Yeah. <laughs> right. And there are things that yeah. that we just want to like. So community groups, they're not the things, but we want to create space and opportunity through rhythm to make those things um, prominent in our mm-hmm. lives. And so, yeah. No, it's good. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys want to talk about kind of the two rhythms that we guard and protect above everything else and that we would invite people into? Um, go for it. I'm... Gatherings and groups that we're talking about? Yeah. yeah. Okay, gotcha. Sounds good. So all that that we just said means that gathering together as God's church uh, are kind of big deals. And so um, Sundays we want to make sure that, um, well... Things are a little different in this exact moment, but like <laughs> ideally we gather together uh, on Sundays. And so as we said, those things are, man, we get to sit under the Word, we get to worship through song, mm-hmm. we get to be together, we get to be hospitable and all those things. And we gather together um, in groups throughout the week. Uh, you said in the setup, man, mm-hmm. you want to talk about how we protect those things? Yeah. We don't want to like conflict with ourselves. We don't want to create things that come against um, those two things. Mm-hmm. And if you're a part of this church family... Um, member or not, we would say if you're not doing those two things, um, man, you're probably missing out. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. missing out because you're not being built up together collectively. And, and if you're not connecting in community group, then you're not being connected relationally. Mm-hmm. Both are mm-hmm. really important and both spur us up towards growing mm-hmm. in who God is. Um, yeah. When we talk yeah. about join the family, join the mission, the two big things for join the family are connecting with us on Sunday mornings, mm-hmm. Connecting in community group, and if you're a member, gosh, that is like that's expected. Yeah, because that's what's best for you. That's what's best for the church. And if you're not a member, we obviously invite you into those things. But man, we value those things a ton, and that's why, like we said, we prioritize those things like we do with regular rhythms. Yeah, I mean to kind of go back full circle a little bit. Like this is this is where those devotions, the things that we're devoted to, the the, the word. Um, the fellowship and breaking and burning the prayer, the, the corporate worship, <laughs> uh, together being together, uh, our relationships, and then the scriptures. Like, like this is where we do those things is in these spaces. We can do them yeah. more outside of that. We should, we should do these things more than here. But, but these two rhythms in particular, um, is when we get to gather together mm-hmm. as a church, face to face. We get to be under the word mm-hmm. together, um, and we get to worship. You know, through through prayer and through singing and. Uh, other things as well. And so, yeah, like if you want to be devoted to those things as part of the village church, like these are the two mm-hmm. best, most low hanging fruit ways to do that. And we would encourage you, you know, to do so. And one more thing with that, this, these are the things that God has set up for us to, to be built up. This isn't something that we've contrived, um, Sunday gatherings and, and you know, community group opportunities. Yeah. Like it'll be so easy to think like, ah, oh, these are just extra things that I could consider, or these are things that are, are kind of inconvenient, and so I'm just not going to connect in these things right now. 
But to know that it's, this is not just like the pastors of the old saying, you should do these things, but these are opportunities that God has put in place for our good. And we have to believe that then mm-hmm. because it's not always going to feel like the funnest thing. It's not always going to feel comfortable because that's what people sharpen us. And again, there's, there's tension and there's some stuff mm-hmm. that happens, but that's where God has allowed us to work these things out to grow, to love others, to, to work as a body, to then go out and live like the kingdom God made us to be. Yeah. That's the point. These aren't spectator things that we just get to kick back and, oh, I hope this is really entertaining. I hope this is good. I hope <laughs> yeah. I get something out of this. Yeah. Like, I mean, we hope that you do. We hope that yeah. you're built up in some way. But the whole nature of the church is that we are interdependent with one another, which means you have to contribute too. Mm-hmm. You know, you get you get to participate. Um, if you have the Holy Spirit in you, you have spiritual gifts to yeah. contribute to the church. You get to ask one another how you're doing. You get to pray for your brothers and sisters. You get to open up the Word and share what you know, the spirit is prompting you to, to see in that. And so like we all get to be part of that. And that's not always easy. It's not always yeah. fun. Conflict yeah. comes up, other things, awkwardness, frustration, whatever, tired, like, but those are the things that's part of normal life. And God isn't uh, absent. <laughs> he, yeah. he doesn't check out. You don't have to, it's not like he's not present when those things are, are present. Um, but we get to actually live that stuff out together, you know? Yeah. And again, you're not going to look up like, um, hey, where's the, the scripture about community groups? Mm-hmm. It, yeah, th- that's not it, and, and that's not what Matt's saying by saying no. these are biblical things, <laughs> community group. But yeah. but it's us creating space for the things that matter most, which are these things: the word and together, yeah. you know, all those yeah. things. And so yeah, that's true. It's good. Cool. Uh, I mean, there are other rhythms that we have. Uh, you know, we we have a gathering for students, seventh through twelfth graders. Uh, you know, rooted. Um, right now, it's once a month, or would be once a month if there wasn't mm-hmm. a pandemic currently uh, happening or whatever. Worship nights that yeah. Matt helps put together. Um, men's discipleship stuff. Men's discipleship yep. stuff. I mean, there's all sorts of things that we do on a regular basis that are opportunities. Like those aren't obligations mm-hmm. that people are chained to that they have to be a part of. Um, but but they're opportunities you can hop into. Um, we also have family meetings uh, a couple times a year. Usually we want to make space uh not just uh not not just for these things sunday gatherings group gatherings and all the other stuff but just to be together and say hey hey like let's reflect let's reflect where mm-hmm. we've been where does god have us where is he leading us uh what questions do you have as a church um what do you need to know we get to let other leaders in the church speak and just share what's mm-hmm. going on so we do that a couple times a year those are open to anybody and everybody um members are expected to be there yeah. uh but but those things are open to whoever wants to show up and come uh and so those are some of the other rhythms that we have but but those two in particular the sundays and the group gatherings those are ones that we we protect at all costs. as this is uh you know requirement for um new members like we do have uh, as a as an annual rhythm like a recommitment to membership mm-hmm. um, every fall. And so that is for the purpose of alignment for us to say, hey, like this is what we're about. This mm-hmm. this continues to be what we're about. And, and basically just click through a, a few things and say, yeah, I'm still about that. You know, I, I'm committed to being part of a, a community group and, yep. and showing up on Sundays and, and giving and serving and um, and those things. And, and then, you know, as we update this material, which gets updated year to year or whatever, we want to give you opportunity to look over that and just make sure that you're still tracking with us. And if you're not, we want to make sure that mm-hmm. like we have a, have space for that as well. That's right. Cool. Well, uh, hopefully that was helpful. We added some meat on the bones of what is in the Google Doc. So uh, yeah, hopefully we are able to flesh some of this stuff out in a way that was helpful for you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, again, uh, first session was gospel. If you haven't listened to that, listen to that. Next one will be on mission. Uh, and then I don't know if in that one or a separate one, we can maybe talk a little bit more specifically about membership uh, in general, just about that. So even if someone wants to come to the Village Gate, it's not just 
you know, blank slate, but we can maybe give a little bit of insight on some of those things. So uh, guys, thanks for listening. Hope this was helpful and we'll see you next time.